0: Welcome to Lessons for Life where we seek to learn, love and live the word of God. Now, here is James Long Jr. Hello everyone. This is James Long Jr. and I want to talk to you today about developing a renewed mind. So, As I work as a counselor, so many people come into my office, so many people talk to me about emotional crises that they're going through. And maybe it's depression or despair, or maybe it's guilt, maybe it's anger and bitterness or fear and anxiety or just overwhelmed with stress in your life or a host of other emotional struggles that people will have. And, and perhaps as I gave that list, you're saying, yep, James, yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm there. And, and what we find is that the emotions that they have, for the most part, are being driven by the way they think underneath the surface that in their mind and deep in their hearts, the way they tend to think is influencing the way they feel. And that will influence the way they speak. That will influence the way they act in life. And it's driven by the way we tend to think. Our thoughts and our beliefs are so paramount. Jay Adams says that we do not have an emotional issue. We have a pre-emotional issue. And what he meant by that was this, that underneath the surface and before the emotion even comes, there are thoughts and beliefs that are driving those emotions to the surface. Perhaps that's you. Maybe you're living right now with these self-defeating thoughts that you are constantly beating yourself up and you cannot seem to let go. You're overwhelmed with guilt and despair. You're overwhelmed with dwelling on your past sins or your past mistakes. Or or maybe you're dwelling on what other people have done to you and they continue to harm you over and over again, even years or decades after it, because you can't seem to get the thought out of your mind. Maybe you struggle with anxious or worrisome thoughts or maybe you find yourself replaying events over and over again in your mind do you struggle with depressive type thoughts or, or thoughts that just seem to be so out of control and or maybe you struggle with the way other people think of you and you're you're thinking about their thoughts and you think that they're thinking negatively about you Whatever it is, as you find yourself struggling with these thoughts, what we will find is that inevitably it will cause you to find yourself going down further and further into the emotional crisis. It will eventually affect you and your relationships. It will hinder your relationship with God. It is so powerful. So the way we think influences so many things in our lives in in john chapter 8 jesus said this in verse 32 and and they shall know the truth and the truth shall make them free and of course he's talking about himself that he is truth i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but through me but it's not only that he is the truth, but he is giving us truth. And, and Jesus over and over again said that the word is so true. In John chapter 17, verse 17, it says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is the truth so that we are sanctified it's a it's a word that means to be set apart it also means to be made pure and holy that we are changed and transformed by truth and that that truth comes from the word so we find ourselves living in an age where we need to be radically changed in the way we think there are so many things that have radically changed in my lifetime and and so many things that have changed just in the last several years but the one thing that we need to see radically changed is a radical change of a new mind And that only happens as God comes into our lives and transforms the way we tend to think. And as we feed upon God's word and as we look to Christ and as we look to have the mind of Christ in our lives and we start to learn about him and love him and to live like him, that's how we are transformed. So who are you? In Proverbs, it says that for as a person thinks in their heart, so are they. As they think within themselves, that's who they are. See, what we think in our minds and our hearts controls the central part of our lives. It controls us. So who you are deeply underneath the surface is who you really are. Jesus in Matthew 15 had talked about it's not what is coming from the outside, but it comes from what's happening within us. We tend to believe that other people around us are making making us angry or making us depressed. We tend to believe that they are the ones that are causing the emotional crisis that we're having. No, they're just stirring up what's already underneath the surface in our own lives. And that is hopeful. It sounds discouraging to some that you're telling me that I'm the one that's wrong. But it's hopeful because if it's somebody else that is controlling you, then you must control them. And they must change in order for you to be free. But if you are the one that's responsible for the way you think, if you are the one that's responsible for the way you feel, if you're the one that's responsible for the way you speak and act, you can control yourself through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk to you about that today. So who's in control of your mind? In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, It says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so I want you to think about these words. He says conformed do not be conformed to this world. Conform means to assume the outward expression. And so what we do is we start to look like the world. We start to act like the world. We act like the world in their behaviors. We act like the world in the way they think. We act like the world in the way we speak. And if there is no representable difference between us and the world, we, we are being conformed to the world. So, Step number one is to recognize, do not be conformed to the world. That is a command. But then he says, be transformed, transformed by the renewal of your mind. I should go back to this, that the world is probably better translated to mean age. It's, it's the system of beliefs that are out there. It's, it's the perspective. It's the values. It's the things that are deeply believed in this world, the, the contemporary thinking that dominates this world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, um, it says this in verse 3 and 4 And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world have blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Do you see what's happening is that when we are conformed to this world, Satan, who is the God of this world, is blinding us from seeing the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of Christ, and ultimately God. So we are not conformed to this world, but we are transformed. Now here's the word. Transformed is this Greek word. It means a metamorphosis. It means a radical change, and the change in not just outward appearance, but it is a change from the inside out. And what God has done is transformed you now, and the Holy Spirit comes into your life, and now He gives you the mind of Christ. In in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says this, that we with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit does is he says that this is all happening. This is not just happening if you read 2 Corinthians 3, it was talking about Moses, going to God's presence and then needing to put a veil on his face because his face shined so brightly and it was hurting the eyes of the people around. And he's saying that it's not just Moses. It's all of us that get the opportunity to go into the presence of God with unveiled faces, that in this new covenant that God has given us a vision of Christ and a glory in the scriptures. And we go into beholding as in a mirror, like in a class. We go into this mirror and see God's word, and we see Christ. And that day after day, we go in there and we, see a reflection of god and as we look into the mirror we see ourselves and we see where we need to change so that we can reflect god more and more and we are being transformed once again same idea it's a continual progressive process and then we're being transformed into Christ's image day by day from one degree of glory to another and one degree of glory to another is taking on this idea of we're moving from glory to glory. It's this theology called the progressive sanctification. It's where believers grow in their knowledge of Christ and grow in their ability to reflect Christ in their lives. So what he's looking to do in our lives. So in Romans chapter 12, he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, metamorphosized by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? You do that by getting into his word and you do that by understanding who God is. And he talked about in Romans 12 he says what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, when we live according to God's way and when we understand him, we are acceptable sacrifices being brought before God. So how do we have this renewed mind what threatens it? Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 and 5 For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Okay, so now what does he mean by doing that? This is what threatens a renewed mind. It's the arguments that are out there. And it is the lofty opinions that are out there that will influence us. It's the thoughts, it's the ideas, it's the reasoning, it's the philosophy, it's the false religions that are out there that tend to barricade themselves against God, against Christ, against his gospel. And they, they form these Fortresses within trying to protect people. And people will run into these fortresses believing these arguments and these lofty opinions and believing that they are going to set them free. But as we've already heard, it is truth that sets people free. And so what Paul is talking about here is his ministry is to talk to people and challenge those arguments. And he is fighting against them, and he's looking to destroy their arguments and to destroy every lofty opinion. And how does Paul do that? Paul does that by the word. He does that by the work of the spirit. He says this is not fleshly. It's not natural. It's not skin and bones primarily. It is a spiritual work that is at work here. So when Paul is talking here, he's not necessarily talking about his own thoughts, his own ideas, his own arguments. He's not talking about taking his own thoughts captive. He's talking about taking other people's thoughts captive and bringing them to Christ. And so he's taking these thoughts captive. He's bringing about a total destruction of these human fortresses and this wisdom that is driven by Satan in this world and the things that are Enslaving people, and he is challenging those thoughts day after day. In many ways, that's our counseling. Our counseling is about helping people to see truth so that they can be set free. So, James, I, I've, I've heard many people use this verse to talk about their own personal thoughts. And is it not true that we are supposed to try to take our thoughts captive? And, and in some ways, there are some principles here that we are called to take our thoughts and bring them under the scrutiny of Christ and his word and, and bring them before the word. And, and one of the things that I will ask people to do at times is fill out this thing called a T-chart. And I'll ask them to draw a line down the middle of the page and a line across the top. And on the left-hand column, I want them to write all of their automatic thoughts, unfiltered thoughts, thoughts that they have in their minds that maybe they don't even talk to other people about. Write them down on the left-hand side of the page. And then what I want them to do on the right-hand side of the page is to search God's Word for things that would refute these beliefs that they have. And so, let's say they believe that they're alone and nobody will ever be with them. And and now they go to Joshua chapter 1, and he says, "I will never leave you. I will never forsake you." Or maybe they believe that they're not loved and they go to John chapter 3, and it says, "For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son." Or maybe they say, "I don't have the power to deal with this." And and we and we ask them to think about Isaiah 41:10 that says, "I I will Help you, I will provide for you. Or when I am weak in 2 Corinthians, I am strong, I find my strength in Christ. And so you find those words that are going to challenge your beliefs day after day. So, what are we called to really focus on in the work that we do? There's this wonderful passage in Philippians chapter 4, and it goes this way. And I may do a podcast on this because there's so much on this one verse. It says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And then Paul says in verse 9, and what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Do you see it? He says, whatever is true, that, that means it is found in, in, in God. It's found in, in Christ, in his word, and in the Holy Spirit. It's true. And he says, whatever is honorable, that is it means it's noble. It means it's worthy of respect. And then he says, whatever is just, it means it is right. It, it is harmonious. It is of a holy character. And then is whatever is lovely, it it's pleasing, it's admirable, and then whatever is commendable, it it means that is of a good report, it's it's kind, it's courteous, it has respect for other people. And and he says that it's those things that we need to think about. And it if you notice in verse nine, it's not just that you learn these principles. And not just that you've received them and heard them and seen them in practice, but you actually have to practice them. So let me end with this. Let me just end with several principles I want you to consider. Principle number one is that I want you to know that you can change. You can change by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has given you his word. And as you go into his word, the Holy Spirit lives in your life. He is helping you to learn his word and to love his word and to live his word. So I want you to think about that. I want you to remind yourself of this, that whatever you set your mind on is going to control you but that you can have a renewed mind. And a renewed mind starts with a transformed heart. And that only comes from being in Christ. And so realize this, that a renewed mind is much more than just learning information. It's more than just intellectual. It's more than just acquiring new knowledge. It is about being transformed. And so as you do that, the Bible talks about this idea of putting off and putting on. You put off or discard old thoughts and you put on, you display new godly thoughts. That will happen when you saturate yourself in the word of God and, and you take those thoughts captive day after day. And what you will find is that your mind will, will gradually change. And what God is going to do is open your mind to, to new and glorious things. I'll end with this. In, in Romans chapter 8, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, Paul writes and he says that the mind that is set on the spirit is life and peace. And inevitably, that's my counseling. I pray that my counseling is spirit-enabled. I pray that my counseling is word-saturated. I pray my counsel is, is that it is Christ-centered, cross-centered, God-glorifying, And when when people go to his word, when people go to Christ and his cross and are filled by the spirit, what God does in people's lives is he gives them life and he gives them peace. So where are you at with your thoughts today? Are your thoughts spiraling out of control? Do you find yourself dominated by emotions that you can't seem to control and, and thoughts that just seem to run rampant in your life? I want you to think today, about having a renewed mind. I want you to think today about taking those thoughts and bringing them under the scrutiny of God's word, bringing them before the Lord Jesus Christ and saying, is this appropriate for me to think? And if it's in that left-hand column on that T-chart, I want you to put a big X along that uh, through that list. And I want you to focus, saturate, meditate on the things on the right side of that list. And if you need help with verses on that right side of the list, I'm going to attach a couple of good resources that will help you. And I pray that God will bless you and keep you. Blessings. This has been Lessons for Life with James Long Jr. We hope you've been blessed. For more information, go to jameslongjr.org.